0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Pursuing Purpose podcast. I'm your host, BC Serna. Um, This is a podcast where we have conversations that we explore something bigger than ourselves um, and kind of what our story has led us to. We have all know the concept of the pursuit of happiness, which is beautiful and amazing. Um, And through my journey and my walk, I've learned how to change the conversation into something maybe a little bit bigger where we pursue something outside of ourselves, um, hence Pursuing Purpose. Uh, I'm so thankful and excited for today's guests. Two of my favorite people, um, Blue Eagle, which is also Charlotte. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is a, a world-renowned uh, gypsy woman. A world-renowned gypsy woman. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs>
1: That's all there is to it. That's all you got. Simon.
0: She's a, a shaman, a healer, a dog mom. A, uh, a, like, I, how would you describe her?
1: Uh, a shaman, I think, would be the a right A shaman? One. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, a beacon of light, like a, just an energy source of light that uh, moves within the realm of our world. <laughs> uh, and then we have Matt. All right, guys. That's so- a- <laughs> M-A-T-T. <laughs> M-A-T-T. <laughs> um, Matt is an old friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time. People get us mixed up a lot because we are identical. And... Um, and uh, he is a storyteller, a filmmaker, um, uh, inspirational mover and shaker of culture.
1: I like a uh, guru is good. A no. guru. guru, okay.
0: And guru.
2: usually the first person on the dance floor. Uh, uh,
0: a guru, and, and he's the first person on the <laughs> dance floor, DJing. Um, yeah. So these these two humans uh, uh, are kind of a different different categories they they're definitely two people you can have separate from i think uh podcast episodes um but we wanted to consolidate two totally different realities and worlds into one so we can make magic hopefully and be very casual i think this is more about having fun because the other night we were all hanging out playing music having fun andre was there andre is our uh sound guy (laughs) (laughs) Andre is actually one of the most <laughs> incredible videographer, filmmakers, and uh, he's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and he's... Uh, yeah, he's actually... We, we can come sit down with us, actually. Uh, but Blue was saying we should start off with uh, these cards. Well, I
2: didn't should on you. I'm not all about it should. You didn't say that. You, they were sitting
0: here, and I was like, oh, this could be cool. So these are... Can you explain the cards?
2: All right. So these are the animal spirit deck. I like to pick a card almost every day. And... Um, Basically you can just set an intention. You can't pull the wrong card. So based off the law of attraction, you will always get the right card. There's no way of really fucking this up. Um, give it a shuffle. Okay. Why don't you start?
0: Do you shuffle like this or? Yeah.
2: yeah, like a poker player, why not? Okay, cool. And then close and your eyes. And these are called like spirit cards? What are They're these called? They're called animal spirit
0: okay, cards. Cool. And, and then, each one represents a different animal. And then do you go like this?
2: Sure, or you can just split the deck wherever you want, whatever feels true. Wow,
0: okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got a dolphin. That's the best card in the deck. No my, yeah, it's
2: my favorite. That's my biased opinion, but it's
0: my favorite. I saw dolphins this morning while in the ocean. Wow. Did you really? Yeah.
2: You are a dolphin. Don't you think he's a dolphin? You are kind of
0: a dolphin. I it's play true. in the ocean a I lot.
1: Yeah,
2: thanks. Yeah. You communicate <laughs> a like high pitch noises.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't do it. Ah!
2: <laughs> All right, so while I look for, okay. Mm. you ready this is this is um the message from the dolphin for our beloved bc innately intelligent (laughs) a healer light and blessings the gifts of the dolphins are beyond what our human mind can grasp dolphin personalities are often drawn to the healing arts as they are sensitive to the subtle and enjoy working on the level of spirit it's easy for dolphin types to underestimate the impact that they make in the world These creatures play such an important role in the wheel of karma that coming in contact with a dolphin type will change the entire course of your day, thus your life. This card can also indicate a profound blessing. It's on its way. You're most likely going to get into your beautiful new white van and hit the road. Whoa, this is crazy! Did you
0: guys set this up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) When in balance... Active healer, strong spiritual practice. When out of balance, underestimates your own power. Mm-hmm. To bring into balance,
0: like-minded spirits. <laughs> <and all> that's <laughs> a manifestation, right? <laughs> I did, I manifested this moment. Good job. Wow, that is deep. It, did it. it didn't say that. <laughs> that's cool. Like-minded spirits. <laughs> yeah, the band, the man's here. <laughs> um. Wow, that's very powerful.
2: How did it make you feel? I
0: received that, that's great. I mean, that's really beautiful, obviously coming from a very humble person it's it's hard to say that this is right but it is exactly right <laughs> <laughs> um where in your life
2: do you underestimate your power bc
0: pick a day uh, <laughs> I, mean, I i i struggle with um imposter syndrome all the time i struggle with trying to figure out how to hone these gifts or the position i'm in as a leader um and trying to figure out how to I don't know. yeah, I guess like show up to the world and show up to culture. you know you have to kind of figure out what culture's doing mm-hmm. um, and then you have to learn how to adapt to certain things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I under my semester, I mean everything I think I've ever done, I've like done everything with doubt. I think I've always just been like, I'm not qualified, but I'm gonna jump and I'm gonna build the plane on the way down kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always worked. and when you find out it always works, you're like, oh, maybe this works for everything and mm-hmm. it does, right? Mm-hmm. So leap
2: into the unknown and soon find that it's actually fall into a feather bed. Yeah, yeah. is this my therapy session?
1: You guys <laughs> 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 me therapy. they so on the, the table out. now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've all gathered here today for you. It's
0: we'll <laughs> my therapy oh, session, this. okay. Uh, does Matt want to shuffle yes, them? Yes, please. Yes, it's Matt's turn. I'll shuffle. Actually, can put this Wait, back? give
2: them a shuffle though, because they're, they're infused with BC's energy. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: way. Are <laughs> really? I'm the, no, no, no. competitive. Is this how you shuffle? Uh, no. Okay, yeah.
0: This is, oh, this doesn't, this looks Aww. Dark. <laughs> The otter.
2: Oh, so cute. Okay. That is
0: cute. It actually does look like you, because of the hair and the facial hair. All
2: oh, right. God. Shall I read it, or do you want to read it,
0: actually? I read the last actually, one. Actually, I love when you read, because you're British. Yeah, yeah. and You're oh, really, like, okay. you, like, it touches your heart. It's like,
2: tell us a story, Wendy. Okay. Unobstructed joy, playfulness, and contentment. Perhaps the most joyful creature within the animal spirit deck, the Otter represents absolute bliss. Otter energy is the playfulness of a child available to us at any age. They have a giddiness and reverence for life itself, without the presence of doubt, worry or skepticism. Imagine yourself with a little more Otter energy. What would life look like? What would it take to bring you there? The card begs these questions and wants to transport us to that precious place as soon as possible. The celebration awaits. When in balance, full of love and needs nothing. When out of balance, gloomy, sighs and makes silly excuses <laughs> 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 to bring into balance a dance uh, party or celebration. Is that what it says? Yeah. Oh my God. Like-minded, like-minded spirits and a dance party or celebration. Wow. We're onto something here. That is. How does that, How do that
0: feel?
1: I mean, a lot of it felt true. A lot of it felt like, uh, like what I'm trying to access is definitely the play more and more, just having more fun. Uh, and the dance party is 100% true. Like, dance parties where dance parties is the home. It's like BC and our dance party masters. Yeah. I've actually, have we been on a dance floor together? I don't know. I think so. Well, I think I've heard actually,
0: no, I've heard your moves have left legacies in the hearts of many. Well, the way I, so the way I describe Matt, and I don't know if you've ever been around the way I describe Matt, cause people go like, what, what is it about Matt? How do you love about Matt? And I call you the, a dad cause you're kind of like this dad cause dads have this level of play and confidence. Like they made it cause they have the wife, the kids, like they kind of mm-hmm. made it. And so, you know, dads are usually the first one on the, you know, the dad joke, it's like a thing, dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't have to be funny because it's a, the dad doesn't care, but the moment, I loved you for a long time, but the moment I fell in love with you was New Year's in Mexico. Remember? Yeah. And we're and I'm DJing, Perry's DJing, and we're playing like Travis Scott and like hard like hip hop and like just hardcore hip hop stuff. And the dance floor is bopping. And then Matt comes over and he's like, "Hey, give me the, the give me the give me the iPhone," and he's like looking up stuff. And in the middle of like a hardcore song, where everyone's going, he just clicks "Getting Jiggy with It" Will Smith. And he's like, "Yeah, baby." I was like, Matt. And I was kind of like, you know, like Matt, what are you doing? And he goes, "Dude, trust me." And then. I swear within 10 seconds, the dance floor cleared out, and Matt turns around and is just dancing and doesn't realize the dance floor cleared out and doesn't even care. He doesn't, it's like his, he just said, like, he was in his happy place. And I tell that story all the time because it uh, was the moment I was like, that's my fucking hero. Do you oh, don't remember man. this? You don't remember
1: this? I don't remember dancing by myself. I thought everybody was dancing. I
2: you were the only.
0: I remember. Oh, it so, And Perry's like, dude, Travis Scott. I was like, dude, Matts," And I was just like, I was like, I'm about <laughs> it, dude. Because I get too in my head, I think, of like, is everyone enjoying it? Everyone, everyone yeah, dancing? Yeah. I get too in my head trying to DJ and stuff. And you were just like about yeah. it. And yeah. it was just like.
2: So, so the secret amazing. here is, um, Sort of, even if you had a whole bag of fucks, you still mm. wouldn't give one. It's like completely mm-hmm. transmuting the people pleaser energy and just doing it for the feeling. For
1: sure. Well, I think it's the, the biggest people pleasing thing to do is to not give a fuck. Everybody loves it, you know? Yes. It's the best, the best people to be around. are the people that just give no fuck. Well, yeah,
2: well, actually, people love it. But it's, it's, it's sort of a paradox because mm. you actually got to move through the people-pleaser energy to break out of your shell to totally. then be the one that actually doesn't care. And then from not caring, you then magnetize people to actually be like, wow, well, you're a legend. <laughs> exactly. This is amazing. Yeah.
0: You, you're like, the, oh, there's a TED Talk about it. The person who's dancing at the festival. Have you oh, seen yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a one person how to start a movement. Yes.
2: Mm. It's always the second person that yeah. starts the movement on the first one. The yeah. first one is the one that's crazy enough to be on the dance yeah. floor and no one else is. It's the second one that's like, you're onto something here and then goes join <laughs> yeah. and then gets the whole yeah, movement. The whole yeah, the
0: whole Ted talk. That was incredible. So powerful. <laughs> and like, Yeah, that's just revolutionary to think about that person that can pave that way in every avenue, but also on a dance floor. One time me, Thomas and Matt went to a club in Santa Monica because we just wanted to dance, went to this club Walked into the middle of the dance floor for two or three hours, danced, pouring sweat. Didn't buy drinks to talk to girls, yeah. and left. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was freedom. That's the way to do it. Yeah, we yeah. literally. It was one of the best nights ever. It was so much fun. And you fell asleep like that because you're just pouring sweat. It was like a workout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and the secretion of your serotonin levels are through the roof, and you're having a great time. And is that what
1: happens when you dance? I don't even know. Yeah, really.
2: Serotonin. So the, the the serotonin is um is your happy hormone, mm-hmm. and if you dance like at least once a day. To start your day, you're going to up your levels of serotonin. So that and then every single thing that you touch is coming from a more balanced and happier place, which wow. then in turn reflects that back. I feel like we
1: should dance yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we could dance
0: before or, yeah, or, or we before could this. yeah well we'll keep recording <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep no, but i
2: think that this is, a, this is a message to at least today at some point before midnight we're gonna yes. have a dance
0: party yes oh, i mean tonight it's that is gonna correct happen. yeah yeah there's this there's this one book that um well, should, should we get blue to pull oh yeah blue yeah. i'm sorry we would love for you to pull one what
2: well, was it was an important book
0: no, no, no. It was it was on the same conversation, but, but sh- 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 <laughs> is this your podcast? Yeah, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, Pooh, and friends. The zebra. You just randomly grabbed that. Uh, woo! All right, Matt. You can you read it?
1: Aww. I kind of want Blue to read it her own because yeah, she does British. have a very tantalizing voice. Yeah, the
0: zebra.
2: Okay, got to find it. Say something while I'm finding
0: it. Um. <laughs> this book (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: zebra eccentric creative visionary zebras are the most precious of gems they are young at heart well cultured and have an undying curiosity about life being in the company of a zebra personality not only is a delight but also opens our minds be prepared their potent magic is contagious and you may soon find yourself in a faraway land, expanding your worldview while having a blast. Zebras are zebras. also like to contribute to the global health through environmental or volunteer work. This card may be a hint to pack your bags. When in balance, worldly, enthusiastic, fashion forward. When out of balance, jaded, pouty, and vain. <laughs> <laughs> to bring into balance, an epic adventure Aww. and art. An
2: epic
0: adventure in and- oh, art. That That's literally true. I mean, I mean, you tell me. <laughs> That's literally it. Okay, next. <laughs> How did that resonate? How did that feel?
2: Um, okay, so I love it because it's obviously really beautiful. Um, eccentric. I love being eccentric. Mm-hmm. I love scribbling outside of the lines. I feel like I am so attracted to people that are just again, it's the sort of the first person on the dance floor. People that are just not afraid to be themselves and eccentric fashion, like the whole thing, like it's so magnetizing for me Mm -hmm. because um, I feel like the people that have carved a new humanity are the ones that have been eccentric, the ones that have dared to be different in a world where we are all encouraged to be the same, like going back to us being in school and it all graded from the same grading scale and it's from the same system. To be somebody that's just like, now I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to follow my pa- my passion and my purpose and and act from that place. So to be called eccentric and creative and is a visionary, I, I love it. And I feel like my whole life has been catered around that. I
1: was going to say, it. your life is, like when you were telling me your story a few weeks ago, I couldn't believe it, like where you come from, that you were in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And now you're, I mean, you're the blue that I know. Like it's it's almost impossible to imagine.
2: Yeah, I mean... I feel like I've lived probably a million lifetimes, a million lives in one, in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like going from being raised in the UK in a very upper class boarding school to being put through the military and then being sent to college in Florida. The contrast just that in that in itself was so, I mean, you, have you seen, I mean, you, you're American. <laughs> you know how Americans dance. In England, we we don't dance like that. We dance face to face. You know, we're like yeah. hey,
0: having a good time. And in Florida, in
2: America, you walk on the dance floor. Someone latches on. All of a sudden, <laughs> you're making babies with clothes on. It's like what is happening? It's like it's grinding on me. Yeah. Like, Especially I in Florida, just shock. Yeah. I was flying planes to like everybody wearing fish t shirts and flip flops in the nightclub drinking. Uh, you know. Wait, why some did you go to cups. school in Florida?
1: Was that university?
2: Um, yeah, I went to I went to college in Florida for four years. My okay. parents had a family home in Florida. I see. And then I played tennis there for four years. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Even that. <laughs> we played paddle for the first time, like, a few months ago. It's
0: like, oh, yeah, I blue's coming. It's like, oh, blue, okay, that's interesting. And, and you come
1: in and you're just freaking <laughs> Serena
0: Williams. Yeah, and looking fit. I remember I only <laughs> ever seen whoa, whoa. Dude, she has a boyfriend, bro. <laughs> okay, they're looking <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> no, I've only ever seen blue in cloaks. Like, e- only when I, before the, I, always in cloaks, like, fully covered head to toe and, like, things. And then I see the <laughs> tennis courts and I was like, what the heck? Like, yeah. thighs and muscles and, like, <laughs> <laughs> respectfully, respectfully <laughs> so. Thighs, muscles. Mm. <laughs> 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 Boyfriend, I don't see no ring.
1: <laughs> he
0: keeps looking back. Um, uh. That's great. And you were you were you? Did you grow up eccentric, or did you always feel it like coming? No, through? no.
2: I was like good girl, straight edge. Always did everything by the books. Um, it wasn't until I like experienced psychedelics was when I was like a little eccentric. <laughs> but, uh, I got a little rough around the That'll edges. That'll do it. <laughs> Uh, and it's been, history, you know, history ever since, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. So you just turned 30. I did. Matt is 28, mm-hmm. turning 29 in, in... Three months, yeah. Uh, three March. March, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 32. So we're all like on this, like, you know, <clears throat> I'm a little bit older, so... Wiser, of course. A <laughs> little <probably> wiser. <laughs> um, but we're all on this, like, I think this really unique perspective where we've we've all lived so many chapters and seasons through our lives, right? Like, I mean, same, when I look at my college self, like, if you saw some of the photos <laughs> of me in college, like... It is hilarious. And and you too. I think mm-hmm. like it just feels like different lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And and so I think what, I think I resonate and connect with you. For a long time, I was the older one of my friends. I think when I was, so think about this, when I was 28, where you're at now, all you guys were 23, 24, 25, mm-hmm. Perry, Amar was probably 21. And... I was
2: 21 right now. He was. Oh,
0: right. So when I when we all met, we lived together at the Yes House. Oh, you did. Yeah. Mm. And so all, I didn't know all, all well, the, the original Yes House, a different. It was a different place. It was still down the street. Yeah. Um. But I, it was just so. It was different. Like I was like going through what you're going through, but imagine just being surrounded by you know young dudes, <laughs> yeah. right? It's Kids. like hard. So I I think. Where I'm like so thankful to have you guys now in my life and see you as examples of like still 30 or almost 30 and still playful, still goofy, still fun. I think and I connect with your guys' energy so much because it is that carefree, eccentric goofiness. Cause I think in all three of our work, I mean your work's a little more playful, but there's sometimes serious notes or inspirational, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in that realm of inspirational or um, guru, whatever it is. Yes, yes. Thank you. You <laughs> need more of a beard to be a guru. Yeah, but yeah, one day. Um, but I think it's very, I think <clears throat> the yin and the yang, the contrast of play and purpose mm. is like huge, right?
2: I mean, it's not about what you do, it's about who you be while you do it that actually gives you the mindest touch. Mm-hmm. So if we're completely bypassing the joy, our job, joy of being. If we're bypassing our joy while we're doing something, then we're actually doing it half-heartedly. And if you're doing anything half-heartedly, you may as well not do it at all. Because it's like, it's like sitting on a rocking horse and it's giving you something to do, but it's not going to take you anywhere. Mm -hmm. So if, I mean, essentially, our joy is going to constantly evolve like our purpose is. It's not a destination. If we want to find Mm -hmm. our purpose and be like, oh, I've I've, I've reached to the mountain and now I've found my purpose. It's like, no, your purpose is constantly evolving as you are a constantly evolving individual. And what something may have lit you up 10 years ago, maybe not light you up anymore. But it's a journey of finding the highest excitement and, and taking choice from that. But there's a quote that I love to to say all the time it's like um from a from a woman from the black panthers uh named tony Cade babara and she said it's the artist's responsibility to make the revolution irresistible well me not loving what i'm doing is not going to be irresistible so i'm not here to stand on top of the mountains and be like this is how you should live your life but what would it look like if i was living so irresistibly and i was in so much joy that people can't help but ask you questions and let the movement move from that place
1: can we just listen <laughs> listen to you talk? Yeah, can we're like taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what was uh, it called? Cool? So uh, you've got to love what uh, you preach. do. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. the play.
2: I mean, one of the greatest diseases on the planet is over seriousness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So can we actually activate the eternal child, be in the play, and then infuse our irresistible nature into everything that we create? It will have the Midas touch and it will be irresistible to everybody that wants to, to be a part of whatever you create. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's essential for the well-being of the planet that people are operating from their joy.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah, people get the activism or like to be, you know, um, changing the world, you have to be a martyr or you have to suffer and you have to like do, you know, get really tough times. But then you see, I remember I was so relieved when I saw pictures of Martin Luther King playing pool and laughing with his friends and goofing off. I remember seeing that and then hearing about how, like, and then when Selma came out, it was really awesome too. But just hearing how he would joke about, you know, when he was in prison and all this stuff. And he just like had this playful spirit about him. Um, and it was so nice to see. Like, I love that. When I first saw the photos of him playing pool with his friends mm-hmm. and just laughing, I was like, that's awesome. And that's the
2: thing that you, the three of us have in common, actually. And I think that's why we're like hanging out with each other. You know, front, choosing friends is so interesting. Like you cr- come into paths with so many people on a daily basis. Well, maybe not so much due to COVID, but um and be like, I like you. <laughs> hang out more and more and more. I guess we're friends now. Perfect. And essentially like we match from essentially our frequency matches and then we become friends. And I yeah. think that that's the common theme that the three of us have as we, we met and then we're like, Hey, I like you. Let's hang out more and more and more. And now here we are. The common theme is like not being super over serious and laughing and playing. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on on the planet right now. And simultaneously how to move through these times, I believe in our, interpersonal lives how can we bring the play back again and how can we activate the eternal child and within each other when we're when we're around each other
1: Mm -hmm. true that (laughs) i think it's it's a little bit uh it's funny because when i started yesterday with the guys it, it started very much from a place of play like we we just wanted to have the most epic summer and so we decided to do 30 things in 30 days that we'd never done before and every single day was so chaotic and hilarious and just like Excruciating and and it was just filled with love, uh, but there was no there was no pressure. Like it didn't feel like there was anything on the line. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, with work, especially, I think where it becomes difficult is when you become uh, when you become responsible for more than just that circle and more than just yourself, and you become responsible for uh, you know employees, but also like partners and then an audience, and then you're like, wait a second, now there's like uh, all this like pressure of like, you know, having to f- fit with in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think as you grow older, there's obviously more responsibility. And for that reason, uh, like play is not an accident. Like it needs to be so intentional and happiness is not an accident. Like you have to intentionally find ways to become, you know, to, to find joy in your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think where people make the mistake is expecting it to show up. Like why the f- why am I not feeling good? You know, like, why does this just like, why am I not happy at my job? Why am I not liking what I'm doing? Uh, and the reality is it's because that requires as much work as your actual work is finding that joy. Um, and I think it uh, it requires a little bit of like a step. You, you almost need to like separ- separate yourself from, like your, your life in different quarters almost. It can't all be just like one big mix because then you get kind of confused. Like I think you need to go to certain people for this kind of play and to go to other people for like, you know, more serious conversation or like, and I think like what you guys provide for me is, is actually uh, a combination of those two things. Like I find that we can play but we can also have like serious deep talks about, you know, the you know meaning of life and the, the universe and all this stuff. And I think that's why I gravitate to both of you so much, because it's, it's, those are actually the best friends when it's more than just that one section. It's like when those sections expand into other sections and you're like, oh, man, there's so much we could do here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
2: There's a mastery in that. It's like mm-hmm. going to the depth of consciousness, the primordial roots of human nature while simultaneously keeping it light and playful. And that's why Russell Brand, I believe, is so, is so um, popular mm-hmm. and um, so powerful because he can bring lightheartedness into the core wounds of humanity. What a skill and what a mastery. Yeah. Yeah, super inspiring. Yeah,
0: Russell's one of my heroes. And when I saw him enter the this level of consciousness or awareness, and the my favorite thing about him is he would just call his own bullshit out. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't attack him because he would just put it out there. And then you're like and people that tried to attack him or mm-hmm. say that you used to be a sex addict or a drug addict, he'd be like, Yeah, I know, like, yeah, I know it's crazy. And he's like, But I'm working <laughs> on myself. And he's just like, he's he's like, I'm part of the charade. Like he's like, I'm still like part of it. You look at me, I'm making YouTube videos, you know. But but um yeah, I think I think there's a, a frequency and a culture that that um is unique with people because i think in our 20s maybe we were like friends with everyone it was like it was quality quantity right it was like i need to know everyone network network especially in la and it gets really draining and then you start to be like okay who are my like like who's really here like if it wasn't the status because i think i think a big thing that matt could probably relate to is then you get the status right Mm -hmm. and then you're like navigating who is real like who's real at this point because i have this status and and who's not real? Like, who, if I didn't have any of this, who would still be around? Um, it's
2: the medicine of the lion. That's why I paint a lot of lions. Uh, the medicine of the lion is um, to be known and respected by many, but known intimately by few. Mm. For good reason. Yeah. Who do you want those people in your immediate circle to be the ones that reflect you? Because we know ourselves predominantly through the eyes and reflections of others. Mm-hmm. That comes from when we were, um, you know, th- all the way up until the age of three years old, we only knew ourselves through the eyes of our mother. If you were doing well, then mom would go, good job, well done. If we weren't doing a great job, oh, then we would know our sense of self based off of the eyes of somebody else. And so when we lose our way, when we lose our joy, when we lose our play, the ones that we turn to are our immediate five. Are they loving us unconditionally or are they subconsciously judging us and wishing that they had the success mm-hmm. that we had? That's why it's not about quantity, it's about the quality and just being known intimately by few, known and respected by many. The the medicine of the lion, but known intimately by few.
1: Yeah. I think for I agree. And I think what's difficult with content, especially good content, requires like brutal transparency and honesty. And like the videos that we've made, the content that we've made that has hit the hardest and has grown our audience the most is when we were we show the part of ourselves that we would only actually show to Mm -hmm. a few people. And so I think that's the sacrifice like great artists actually make is like, here's my heart, you know, to a complete stranger uh, and like, please take good care of this. You know, yeah. and then where I mean, I think why so many artists struggle is because they make themselves so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely something that I've the, the guys and I've struggled with for sure. Um, and I, I think it, I, we're still struggling to find like that line. Like, where's, like, where's the point where you stop sharing? Like, what is the, you know, the, the part of yourself that you only show to those intimate few. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. Cause like a, a friend of mine um, got really mad at me uh, a few months ago. And she was like, you don't, you're hanging out with people that don't actually care about you. Mm-hmm. She, Cause she, she, she had been out and apparently like there was some drama happening and I was like, and she came back and she was like, yeah, people just weren't being very nice about like you and the guys. And they barely even know you. And you hang out with them and you have no idea. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I gotta, I felt like, I did, like what? Reel okay. it in. Reel it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But reel it in. And that's where I, I, I kind of like, sh- you know, I, more and more as, as time has gone on, you kind of like start to stop answering some texts. You start stop, you know, like responding to some emails and you start like, really investing your time in what matters. And like, I never used to go visit my grandparents. I never used to go visit my family that much um, when I had time and now I like, I can't wait to go spend time with my grandma. It's like the one person I know in the whole world that's
0: just gonna be there no matter what. What's her name again? Uh, Helen. Helen. The one in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you too, I mean. Well, it's a breath of fresh air for your soul and your heart, right? Because yeah. you know it's the utmost unconditional love that exists mm. is through grandparents or family. And I think our our biology and our, our culture, or maybe, but but it's like our biology and our culture is basically, I think programmed in the sense of like, kind of like survival, but knowing that they're gonna pass someday. And now we're so in search of a lover. Cause we're like, I need to find someone that's gonna love me unconditionally like ASAP. Because if my mom and dad pass, I have no one that loves me unconditionally. And so it's a kind of a dance that people go through a lot of seeking love and validation. And mm-hmm. which we, I think we all know is it comes from loving ourselves unconditionally and surrendering to that need. Um, and trying to find where that string is tied to. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, yeah, to really, I, 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 one of my heroes, his name's Bob Goff. And he talks about like, imagine being on your deathbed and you look around, there's always people around your deathbed and you never once removed your mask and no one really knew who you were. And you're like, like, they're crying, you know, it's just like so scary to think about. And then who is going to be around your deathbed when you do remove your mask and you're fully yourself. And it's Mm -hmm. that seven people, it's eight people. It's a small amount. That's like, these are the ones who were like in through me thick and thin, the ones who really knew me, and, and just the power of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I think it's um, like I dance also. I mean, I don't have as a big of an audience as so Yes Theory, um, but my podcast is all me laying my guts out on the right. table. Like, yeah. it's as raw and as real as I possibly could get, like, talking about exiting my relationship with my past lover while simultaneously still living with him and then his new girlfriend and then them getting pregnant and like i mean it's like i talk about all of the insides of my life while simultaneously having a balance of i have five close friends that i'm like (laughs) with and then i don't really hang out with anybody else i'm i i I create connect and i co-create but hanging out or like sharing my own home or my my, my viable time, our greatest uh, uh, our gift is our attention, our, our time, our presence. It's the greatest gift we could ever give anybody. And I think using a high level of discernment of being like, does this enrich my spirit or does this deplete my spirit? So instead of like just having loads of people around me that hardly even know me and maybe are even judging me or have an uh, agenda, which can be felt in this space, being like, I have died a million deaths with these people. I know that they will speak my name in a room full of opportunities. I trust these people with my life. Simultaneously, I have a discernment of who I share my energy with in the physical while online I open myself up because I have nothing to hide. Hmm. So it's a a dance and I definitely haven't got it all figured out. Um, But I think that there can be a balance between being deeply authentic while simultaneously uh, being highly discerning with um, who actually gets your energy in
0: real time. Totally. And how we, I think, how, you know, that's great. The discernment's huge. And then try to think about how we can build our own foundation in ourselves. So who knowing who we are and through this and, and alchemizing it to like not having their thousands of people's opinions or Mm -hmm. haters or trolls or whatever it is, you know, on YouTube and, and trying to figure out how do we build our, and it is within our core community knowing, I remember, this is one moment I remember for a long time too, is when me and Matt and the S3 boys were at this kind of high-end party and these girls or someone was asking what I do. And I was like. Oh, I charge bird scooters, <laughs> and uh, and I was telling these girls that I charge scooters for bird. You get like five bucks a scooter, or like that. I deliver Uber Eats, like but something. You weren't actually joking. no 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 no. Okay. And I was kind of just like the low it, because L A all it's all transactional relationships, right? What can I do right. for you? What can I do for me? And we're trying to get transformative relationships, like and so I was I knew that whatever if because it's all about what you do in LA the second you meet someone. And so I was like, okay, if I put the bar here, I'm not, I'm not interesting what I do at all. Will they stick around and talk or will they just move on their way? So, and, but, but the reason I said that joke was because I knew I was going home with my best friends and we were going to laugh and have fun at home. And so I didn't need any uh, validation from anyone. Mm-hmm. And I felt so safe. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being like, I don't, th- these girls ha- can offer me nothing, you know? And How they so- I I remember like you guys were all laughing, like Perry and you were laughing. And then I don't think they were interested. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't kiss him that we were trying to ask. I didn't, none of them kissed me. (laughs) Um, But I remember it's, it's that security in yourself, security in your community and your friends, those core people, um, and trying to find that foundation in who you are. I think for younger people listening, I think there's a lot of young 20 year olds that I was do. It's good to network and and like, you know, have that season in your life where you're meeting a lot of people but always trying to work on yourself. And and something I kind of always live by is the bigger the no on the outside, the bigger the yes on the inside. And so I let a lot of people down, like just personally, like I, there's so many people I have to say no to for lunches. Obviously you guys all know this, we have to be very value of our time. So I say no a lot and a recovering people pleaser and mm-hmm. recovering ego addicts. Like, you know, I'm always like trying to feel like, Oh man, like I need you know whatever it is, I need this validation. I need this, or I need to people please. And now I've just been learning to like people get yeah get mad at me or talk behind my back and be like, man, BC never responds to my texts or this this and this. I'm kind of over BC. I'm like, and for me, I'm just like, I know what I need. I know what like help is my health, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, I'm just still so like a yeah. testament of self love. Yeah,
2: like saying no. Is saying to the universe, "I love myself to have clear boundaries, yeah, to protect my energy." Yeah. And I like to live my life through the motto of "it's either a fuck yes or it's a fuck no." Yeah, like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a I won't say into their face like "fuck no." <laughs> 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 Sorry, ten but, times a day. Do <laughs> <laughs> you grab coffee no. blue? <laughs> fuck no, that's hard. That's a hard um, one. That's a hard um, but like actually utilizing that, I mean. I definitely feel like it's a privilege, but to be able to utilize that, as that my navigational tool to totally. whether I enroll in something or not. My calendar is full of my highest excitement. Which Of my highest excitement mm. because I'm not in obligation. Obligatory energy is actually not serving anybody in the situation. Yeah. You think, well, if I say yes, but then we show up half-heartedness, so we may as well not be there at all. And then they get drained version of BC. And then they're like, why are you even here? Yeah. It's not benefiting anybody. So it's like catching it in the moment of being like, oh, am I about to act from people-pleaser energy and strengthen that muscle? Or am I about to actually set clear boundaries and then start infiltrating my calendar with only my highest excitement?
1: That's good. It's a practice too. Like at first it's so hard to start saying no, but like you were saying earlier, you know, 32, 30 and 28, I think as you, like as I'm getting older, I'm, I kind of love it. I'm like, I'm sorry, but no, you know, (laughs) And then you say no a few more times and then after a while, just kind of like anything becomes a habit. And then that, that is actually the most important habit that you can form Mm -hmm. is making is like really establishing your priorities. Um, because you also recognize like, like for both of you, like because you are like exclusive with who you spend time with, it also makes the people that you spend time with realize how like it makes them feel even more important in your, in, in your life. Um,
2: And then you can pour so much of your love and your resources and whatever it is that you have from a genuine place of I want to give to you, I love you (laughs) so much. And your success is my success. Uh, Having that as your immediate circle when people are like, when you succeed, my heart beats faster as if I just want to because I did. And then you up-level exponentially as a group. Totally. it becomes so juicy oh it's, the and it's best. like irresistible and that's the nature that's the default we want to move into yeah
0: yeah you said something powerful and beautiful over New Year's you were in Costa Rica just kind of disconnecting and going inward and you were like the reason I want to make money or the reason I want to do really well in my work to make money is because the number one reason you're why if you follow the string all the way back is because I want to be fully present with people when I'm with them mm. right yeah. And, and she said that. And I was like, and then that was her end goal. It was like, I want the money and the success in this. So it could feed to the present moment with the person where there is like, I'm talking to you and I'm not thinking about my schedule tomorrow, my money I need to pay. And that was just so beautiful. I love that. And, yeah. and that's what, uh, yeah. And I think what's so cool, I think another frequency or judgment of, you know, friendship or what feels healthy is I think when we're showing up with each other, we don't have to put on a show, you know, it's just completely goofiness. And it's just like, it's like, I don't have to think about what I'm going to say or do or try, you know? And, um, well, it's exhausting having oh to think God. about every single like, <laughs> move or motion. Yeah. Like, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And
2: actually, we end up falling in love with the parts of ourselves that are the imperfect, kind of rough around the edges, yeah. like imperfectly perfect traits, which yeah. are the traits that we think we've got to hide yeah but it's the humanness that we fall in love with not the polished version because inauthenticity is not that attractive mm-hmm. authenticity is extremely attractive so if you're being authentic while having a breakdown that's still attractive
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: as opposed to trying to hide the breakdown and be this version of yourself that's like got it all figured out and be like that's actually it's a frequency that not is the worst it's like <laughs> <laughs>
0: are you a- <laughs> I, am <a> human. <laughs> I am happy <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> that's good um yeah i know matt you you definitely um i think earlier last year you kind <laughs> mm-hmm. <had> of <to laughs> so struggling
1: with the mic Just give it the bit more slack. should i hold it like this <laughs> <laughs> the whole time <laughs> okay, okay
0: let me ask uh <gasps> the sound guy, sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> sound guy. <laughs> so uh um. i want to be respectful of everyone's time and, and matt has a watch that is that working Yep. Oh cool. I wasn't sure if it was like a cool like looking thing. Yeah, it's a broken watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Actually, flex.
2: my grandparents gifted me a watch with their hands on it once. So it's wow. a thing. It could be a thing. Yeah, it
0: really actually cool. is a anyway. Um, <laughs> a squirrely brains. <laughs> yeah. what well, time. What is time? Um <laughs> So Matt, earlier last year, you kind of went through, that, I think that moment um, mm. where you, I think you get asked to be on podcasts, you get asked to show up to a lot of things and, and be at a lot of things, which is a blessing because you work so hard for that, mm. that place at the table. And then I think maybe at one more, I remember at one point you started being like, hey, I'm not doing podcasts for the rest of 2020. Um, and you kind of had a moment where I think you just got honest with yourself maybe. I don't know, you want to talk about that? And you kind of wanted to yeah, turn back the in front of camera time or?
1: Yeah. um, Well, it actually started at the beginning last year on January 1st, 2020 uh, where I mean, I'd just been struggling a lot with work. I felt like just so overwhelmed by everything. It'd been four years since we'd been started the project and I was just so consumed by social media Uh, and I was with my grandparents at the time and I remember my cousin took a photo of me and my granddad uh, who -hmm. was 89 at the time, um, and I was just like, I had my arm on his shoulder and I was just so happy to be with him. Um, and she took the photo with my phone and then she handed me my phone. And I remember holding my phone and being like, hmm, I wonder if I posted, posted this on Instagram, how many likes it would get. And I caught myself thinking this and I was like, this is like the such an intimate photo of me and my grandfather. Like, why is my impulse to share this with complete strangers? Like, why do I need to share this with everybody? Um mm. And I realized, like, in terms of like the presence that you're talking about with people, like, social media had completely removed me from being present uh, in everyday inter- interactions with people that I loved. So on January 1st last year, I uh, I just decided to permanently delete my Instagram
0: uh, without telling anyone. That, that, Everybody's bow goes so really hard. tight <laughs> when you're like,
2: "Oh, he did t- 300,000 <laughs> <he did> delete t-
0: <laughs> yeah. Instagram."
2: Yeah,
1: and I, I had worked so hard; I'd been verified, I, you know, like. I, I'd wanted all these things and I remember <laughs> I remember coming to the decision like it was like 2 a.m on New Year's Day and I was like I can't tell anybody I'm doing this otherwise they're gonna convince me not to so I was like screw it I'm just gonna do it uh, and that would for me was the beginning of uh, what 2020 ended up being I think for a lot of people just like a a journey inwards where you're uh, you uh, as a content creator, as a YouTuber, you, uh, you lose complete sight of reality in a lot of ways. And it's like a very much this uh, obsessive surreal state where you're feeding into a machine that will never satisfy you and that will never fulfill you like you hoped it would. Um, and for us, I mean, when we started, you know, like hitting a million subscribers and getting millions of views was like, you know, we are the coolest kids on the block. Like if we could do that, I mean, every kid from high school is going to hit me up and be like, yo, Matt, you're, you're the coolest, you know? And for me, that was like, I think subconsciously what I wanted, I just wanted like, uh, the sense of belonging and approval that I hadn't necessarily gotten, uh, when I was growing up. Um, and then last year when we hit you know, five million subscribers, I was like, this feels like I literally don't feel a thing. Uh, in fact, I actually feel worse. And I've heard, you know, famous people talking about this feeling, but you don't actually f- truly understand it until you get it, you know. Uh, and I finally understood. I was like, oh, now I understand what all these people were saying. <laughs> like, n- this doesn't actually matter at all. mm mm-hmm you know and like yes i'm happy with what we've done i'm so proud of what we've built and i want to continue building it but i have to invest more time in uh in like what genuinely is unconditional you know like we talked about and that's my family that's my closest friends uh and for me at least that just required stepping away from videos uh which was a hard thing to do cuz i started making videos you know with my three best friends um so to to remove myself from that was a very difficult and gradual process, and admitting to them that I didn't want to be on camera anymore, and didn't want to go on adventures on camera with them anymore, and didn't want to interact with the audience as much in that way. Um, it was like uh, death. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was giving up everything that I'd built for myself, and I wasn't even sure if it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the moment, I just you know I was I was like I have to just go with my heart. Um, and after, after that, I kind of (laughs) spiraled, I kind of spiraled. I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Uh, like now I'm, you know, I've given up my career. I've, uh, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do if I'm not hosting videos. Like who am I if I'm not Matt from yes theory. Uh, and the, to me, the, the decision was actually, um, what I didn't realize at the time was like a test. Uh, it was a test, uh, with the friendship that I have with the guys. Hmm. Cause they could have easily been like, no, fuck you. Like you committed this, you're staying. And if you don't want to commit, then you're out. Um, but they were so empathetic and they were so understanding, uh, to the point where when I, when we finally came to the decision that I was going to step away from hosting, uh, I was just sobbing and sobbing and both Amara and Thomas just held me, you know, for like 20 minutes uh in this grieving process. Um and now I mean I just feel more excited than than ever for this next phase of who I am. I don't fully know what it looks like yet, but um I think th- this guy uh his first name is Ozon. Um but uh I think Ozon Rosel, he was um Uh, an astrophysicist or a really successful guy but he had tenure Uh, he he was an astrophysicist then became a really successful law professor and had tenure and then quit tenure to become uh, uh, an author and I was interviewing him for our podcast um, and he was explaining like all his colleagues were saying like how could you possibly quit tenure like that is a guaranteed salary for the rest of your life are you out of your mind And he thought, he was like, am I a quitter? Like, am I crazy? Like, are these people right? Uh, But he decided to go through with it. And in the end, he said, uh, in life, I'm always more proud of the times that I've subtracted than the times that I've added. Like, the things that I've subtracted from my life have always meant actually more to me than what I've added to it. Um, And... I think maturing and becoming an adult and like growing up and understanding who you really are is actually more of a process of subtraction. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're young, you want to do everything and be everything and try everything and do all this stuff. And after you try all this stuff and do all these things, you're like, okay, well, I didn't like ninety percent of these things, and I didn't really enjoy ninety percent of the these people that I spent time with. Uh, but there's this ten percent that I think I should dive deeper into. Mm-hmm. And I think for the three of us, at least right now, it seems like that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've found that 10% and we said, okay, this, is, this feels right. And I mean, even for you, BC, like you're, you know, you got your van. This is something you've wanted to do for a long time. You're like, I think this is right. And, you know, a, a van is like a physical representation of subtraction. Like you're removing like your permanent home yeah. and just putting it all in one place and being like, this is all I have. And then you don't even know where you're going. You're just setting off. And I think that's so admirable. Like I've been so supportive of you doing this for some time. And I'm so proud of you for for actually going through with it. I think it's Mm. so, so exciting.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, wow, man. Thanks for sharing. That's deep. That's really powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, I think that's obviously me. And then I sent you a picture from this book the other day it was talking about in the layers of purpose that's really hit my heart. And I sent it to you and you kind of resonated too, that there is just, yeah. And you were saying it earlier is like, there's so many layers to our purpose. It's who we're becoming. It's never what we're doing. It's a very internal, you live your purpose by who you are and how you love people and lead. And, and yeah, I think for me, yeah, leaving my dream house and my dream job and, like with the mastermind, whatever I'm doing, it's like, and just going to go out. Yeah. Take that leap of faith and just drive into the desert by myself. I'm, I'm learning the, yeah. And everyone's like, and I don't even know how I feel about it. Yeah. Like everyone's like, like, I don't know what, I don't know what I feel yet. I'm going (laughs) to drive out in the desert with a saw and some wood and see how I feel and, and figure it out. But yeah, man, I appreciate that. I love, I love that process you're going through and that death to self blues I'm preaches a lot about that and and what you do in your work and stuff like that and I think we all somewhat work with people in helping um celebrate these deaths and and how there is a rebirth in like the phoenix of our life and the caterpillar into the butterfly of our life and and I always call it like the divine storm where it's a storm it's a shit show there's tornadoes and waves and hurricanes but it's getting rid of all of the shit And so, yeah, you lost your boyfriend, or you lost your job, or it like looks icky. One of my best friends, Jess, just lost her house because it caught on fire next door. Mm -hmm. But now, literally a couple weeks later, there's so much fruit coming from Mm -hmm. it. But it was really hard when you're going through it. Mm -hmm. But these divine storms, they they have such unique, universal, godlike fingerprints all over them, you know, where it's, you know.
2: You're also in your Saturn return. Have you heard of Saturn return? Mm -hmm.
0: True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A few months ago, my friend told
1: me that. (laughs) So
2: according to astrology, Saturn return is, I mean, there's different ways of approaching it, but approximately between the age of 27 and 30. Mm. And it's a birth canal basically of a recalibration of anything that is not in alignment with your Dharma of like what you truly, truly came here to bring. And Things we we planted at the beginning, for example, like yes theory, it uh, could be super aligned, and it felt really good, and it was very clearly from a really deep place of a why um, from the play and the innocence, and then essentially everything's like a contract, and sometimes the contract is comes to complete, and then there's the next phase, there's the next chapter in the book. If something is drawn out and it's now depleting us from the inside out, then Saturn return will do it for you if we're not willing to do it ourselves. And so it will present itself where there'll be like, it's almost like the train changes the tracks and then it'll go off in a different direction. And sometimes it can be very painful and very uncomfortable because we have a built an identity around that version of ourselves. Mm. Um, and yet simultaneously, it, if it's one degree out of alignment with actually truly what we came here to do as we continue to evolve... Now, one degree in the moment doesn't seem like much, but you follow it out for 25 years. All of a sudden, you're all the way out here. And so Saturn return will be like anything that is not fully in alignment will go and bring it back for you. Um, And so sometimes it depends how much we surrender to it. But Saturn return can be really painful. And I can't remember who said it, but it was a quote that just always rings true, is that pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Suffering is a byproduct of resisting what is we resist it no but it's gotta look like this no but this is how no but this is the love of my life this is my job but but life is bringing it in a different degree it can create a lot of suffering Mm -hmm. but to like soften into to trust the feeling beyond what logically makes sense but to trust the intuition and the intuitive hits eventually it will lead us to gold and this is essentially what my TEDx talk is going to be about. It's going to be called The Power of Limitation. It's like having these limitations of these setbacks, but the power that is actually the seed within it if we can soften ourselves up to receive the gift.
1: Damn. What was your Saturn return like?
2: What was my excitement?
1: Your Saturn return.
2: Oh, well, my Saturn return. How was my Saturn return?
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was um, I actually, I was talking to a friend about it the other day, and, and she was like, um, I was like, yeah, my sad return was like a breeze, you know? And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I really did. I feel like I just you know, lucked out. And she was like, I think it's more your perception of your sad <laughs> return. Optimist. Because yeah, like, yeah, a lot optimist. of people would have gone through or could have gone through a similar experience that you went through and not have been like, no, <laughs> it was so good. And it was a breeze. And it is also a lot of how we respond to it. If our mindset is set up that this is happening for me, then we are in creative consciousness. If our mind is set up that this is happening to me, then we're in victim consciousness. And victim consciousness can create a lot of suffering yeah. um, because it's external blame. Therefore, we hand a power away to do anything about it. But by being like, this is happening for me, I don't see it right now, but I trust and I have faith. And this is what, you know, being religious or whatever. It, we have this reference point of something greater than ourselves and there's a, a level of trust as to why it's happening for us. So I think that that's also a great mindset to go into Saturn Return with. is like, this is happening for me. That will help you move through it much smoother. Mm. Um, being aware
0: of it, yeah, is huge for being sure. Being aware of it, yeah, yeah that
2: the, 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 the there is something greater at play. We're in co-creation. Mm-hmm. It, ultimately, like if any of us know, really think that we know what's going on here, let's just zoom out for a second. We're floating on a massive rock, hurling through space at eighteen point two million miles an hour, held into orbit by a huge ball of fire. Do any of us really know what the fuck is going on? Okay, cool. So let's just get out of this big ego game that we're playing that I think I know and I've got to have it all figured out. It's like, okay, I'm in co-creation with the creator that created a fucking insect. Have you looked at an insect under a microscope? It's like this quantum computer. Like, look at our bodies. Like, There is something that we're working with here that is profoundly intelligent. Yeah. Can we soften and surrender into, yeah. I don't have to have it all figured out. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that surrender is powerful.
2: Look at the stats. A hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the time it's worked out up until this point, has it not? A hundred percent of the time. There's been some challenges and we've got some scrapes, but did it work out? Yes, a hundred percent. So why would I stop questioning that? Why would I stop questioning that statistic now?
1: Mm.
2: It doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so a deep level of trust. My Saturn return... It was pretty gnarly. I don't. I don't speak to my parents anymore. Um, that was a part that got to be recalibrated. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to circle back around, um, but that's just where it's at right now. I got told that I'm going deaf. Like <laughs> the multiple things. Um, I closed my relationship with my partner, my very first boyfriend, um, and uh, things ended. Like I let go of the mother tree. Like there's so many things that happened in that time where it could have been like earth shatteringly disastrous. And simultaneously, I think that the inner study that I have been doing, the the inner work of like actually understanding my inner engineering has helped me to soften so deeply that they've all turned into superpowers Mm. and gifts, exponential gifts that I carry with me and will carry with me for the rest of my life. So I'm so grateful for Saturn return. People fear Saturn return, but it's like, well, how long you want to play the bullshit game?
0: You got to deal with your shit. Let's just get
2: really real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so for people listening that's never heard of the Saturn return, look it up. But basically, you're somewhat of your 27th year. It takes Saturn 27 years. It's astrology, so just be open-hearted, open-minded to just (laughs) receive anything, learn. Uh, It takes 27 years for Saturn to be in the exact same spot. And Saturn is extremely bright, and so yeah, all your shit comes to the surface, and you have that year or those couple of years to either deal with it because it's all there, or you push it away. And that is why there's a thing in Hollywood called um, the 27 Club, where a lot of celebrities, if you look down this list, whether it's Mac Miller, whether it's, and there's tons, the, the, um, mm-hmm. they all die at 27. Mm-hmm. 27 is this crazy hard year, um, and it's a big part of returning Saturn. It's a big part of approaching 30, um, and so I've been working with 20 year olds for. A decade now like when I was 19 I was taking 20 or 20 mid 20 year olds around the world like I had them under like my like watch like I took call shoots around the world when I was 19 so I've been working with people in their 20s all around the world for a decade and I've seen the evolution of what it looks like to be approaching 25 to be mm-hmm. approaching 30 and then sat in return when I heard about it I was like whoa that is dope and I've taken I've taken into like my repertoire of what I kind of can use to help people understand certain things mm-hmm. um but yeah it is it is uh Damn. it's crazy
2: it does also like give it context. When we have totally. context, then we can actually like embrace it a little bit more. Yeah. When it's just left field, then you don't have any context and mm. uh, don't see. Because when the when the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, goes into the cocoon, but before it actually turns into the butterfly, it turns to complete mush. It just literally disintegrates into mush. It's like sludge, That's awesome. right? If the, if the caterpillar had no context that it was actually about to turn into the most beautiful expression it can e- can never even imagine. Mm. We're just looking at the mush phase where we're like, oh, God, like that's really gnarly. like oh. But actually it's it's so beautiful. Like there's beauty in the destruction as well. And this is what we're seeing on the planet. Hang in there. You're in Hang the mush in phase there. right now.
0: <laughs> 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 His face is hard. <laughs> Hang in there. Yeah. Thanks, man.
2: You're about to be a butterfly. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> yes. I can see it.
0: Um, but anyway, I'm glad we got to kind of talk about this. I feel like we could talk all day. Like, yeah. this is just <laughs> yeah. fun. And we didn't even, like, really delve into, like, what magic blue does. And uh, and we could have just kept going. But I want to honor everyone's time. I want to honor your guys' time and just be thankful for it. And maybe there'll be an episode, two down the future road. Coming at you.
1: Check. Yeah. We're heading out right now, gotta go away. We about to play tonight with our friends. Because BC's going away, we don't know how long. But it's going to be a fun time for him all alone.
0: I love you guys. First love of all, you thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Purchase. And we got to, I think, touch a lot of cool... Um, we disappear in that frame. Um, thank you all so much for for tuning in and watching this and listening. And I hope it touched your heart and gave you something to think about or journal about or reflect on. I hope you can have a conversation with your friends and family about these kind of topics um, and reach out if you have any questions. Um, and I hope you know you are loved and you are supported and seen and amazing and you're right where you need to be um, as you lean into these emotions. I know if you're listening to pers- a podcast called Pursuing Purpose, you're probably on quite the journey of... Um, adventure within yourself and around yourself. Um, and so, yeah, I hope your heart and your soul found some rest and peace uh, within this hour segment. And thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. Blue and Matt's information will be below besides, uh, that, um, well, Matt doesn't have any information. I'll put his, I'll put his phone number. Can I put your phone number? (laughs) Incognito. (laughs) Love you guys. Thank you.